0: going twice so you'll listening
1: All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Property Pod. You're an award-winning, accessible, and easy to listen to way into the real estate market. Hey, that rolls off the tongue pretty well. You,
2: as soon as we, oh, it must have been the award. As soon as you start with that, the rest just comes to it you just, now, mate. Just
1: rolls off the tongue pretty easily, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, so pretty happy with that. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Actually, got some feedback from where We were very unhelpful about real estate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But good reviews. <laughs> I've had two people just say it was. They said it was fun to go back into the um, into the the history of the pod and how we're just reminiscing. They said, oh, it was really fun hearing you guys talk so happily about all your stuff. So uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit of stuff uh, real estate-wise. So actually leading straight off the bat is – there's a bit of buzz around the agency today about the Mercury Idol from our boy Jay Bevan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's titled Tasmania's Booming Market has seen more than $1 billion in value and over 3,000 sales. Yeah,
2: well, that, that's pretty pretty incredible because you look at the change to the median price and it said um, over year on year, Hobart's seen an increase of 4.5% and this was all, these are all figures um, released from the Real Estate Institute of Tasmania and that's still pretty incredible because um, over the last five or six years, it's just been ten percent, ten percent, ten percent, ten percent, and then you had a um, a obviously a, a challenging. Um, quarter through the COVID because of the lack of transactions. But now just everyone in, um, locally just wants to continue to invest in property. Um, and this these the stats are starting to show that.
1: It's kind of just from an um, anecdotal kind of level. I'm, I've been getting texts from people. I mentioned this last week, but I'm still getting texts from friends being like, oh, if you get any good properties, can you let me know? We went to this open home on the weekend and mm. it was just going gangbusters. Like there was mm. people everywhere not even getting a chance to put an offer in because it's just kind of gone before we've even had a chance. Yep, yep. So it just seems to be that there's this confidence out there that people are just going boom, 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 let's buy, let's let's do it. I'm not yep. sure if it's the state of Tassie in the way that we're kind of segregated from the rest of the world and everybody wants to come down here because we're safe and mm-hmm. and COVID-free at the moment.
2: I think a couple of things are at play. Um, at the moment, and from the investor's perspective, property return still is quite attractive. Um, t- you know, obviously, you're getting zero money from the bank now, so being able to move that into bricks and mortar still seems to be a good option. Um, um, and we were still, um, I mean, we'd actually had a population increase over the last several years, whereas in the history, you know, it always had a declining population. So we've still got this excess of people that are wanting to get into their own, you know, property, first home buyers and young people included. And of course, new Tasmanians and new Australians. So not only have we still had a shortage of property, but we've actually still had a um, people who are still stuck wanting to get into the home ownership. And that's where you've got this, you know, large um, amount of demand still, which is quite you you know, quite unique in um, Tassie's history as far as I can see.
1: Yes, where there was something in this article about um, first-home buyers, of the 1,800 and 807 house buyers, 301 of them were first-home buyers. So 70% of home buyers in the last quarter were first-home buyers. Yeah, yeah. That's a a decent chunk. Yeah, Yeah. that's a a real crack. And that's where the – the friends of mine who were kind of in that age bracket of kind of like, oh, I want to get out of the rental game. I want to kind of put my flag in the ground and stake my own Piece of land. Yep, they're texting and just being like, "Just let me know about anything."
0: Yeah. yeah. What's interesting yeah. is that first home buyers aren't just going for the new properties where the grants are. They're looking at everything. Yeah. Mm. So mm. they're just going off and getting their approvals, and then once they know what their budget is, if they can find a property that qualifies for a grant, they're going for it. But if not, they're happy to buy something in the suburbs and just secure a house.
2: Definitely. Well, mm. I know. I mean, my first unit that I'd bought was um, a little two bedroom, you know, unit in Claremont.
0: No, the one. Yeah. So that was well. Oh,
2: that was a that was. A Fun, fun journey to that place. Uh, and you traded for gold. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> Actually, that's really good because I've got a few articles later that I wanted to talk about, and one of them is right up John's alley. One mm. of them is right up your alley. One of them is right up my alley. So oh, it's all right. something for uh, everyone. Well,
0: we don't want to talk too long on this topic. Yeah. Then, if you got that many to get no, through,
1: no, oh, they're, they're not long, long <laughs> form stories. But trading for gold is very interesting <laughs> in terms of John's article. <laughs> <laughs> um, but continue your thought and we'll get back to that. Yeah,
2: well, I guess it was, you know, the anything within that price range now is a, people, I think there just seemed to be a psychological shift in some ways from first home buyers wanting, you know, brand new properties and really, really nice properties. And now it's like they're allowing themselves to come back to the idea that, Hey, you know, your, your, your first home doesn't need to be your forever home. Yep. It's about, um, moving, you know, taking the next step in your life cycle. Um, so they can, you know, and getting excited about good opportunities that will, you know, a good to three to five years now, and then that's just going to be your next springboard. So th- that's why even on, um, like Pat, you said, you know, just I suppose just average properties, the the demand has just started to surge.
1: So is that is that do you think a reflection of the market and it being so popular that you're going to open homes and being like, Yeah, I'm falling in love with this place straight away, but then you put an offer in and it's just kind of blown out of the water. Yeah. And you're just sick of doing that. You've like, oh, we've done this six times. So then eventually you're getting to the point where you're just being like, you know what? I walk in, yep, there's four walls, there's a roof, I've got the things, I'm gonna put the offer in. Yeah. Yep. And you kind of, um, I guess, your wish list and your must have start lowering and lowering and lowering to the point of absolutely, I just need to get in, yeah, and then I'll level up three to five years later. That's kind of that, that seems, what we're seeing at the yeah, moment, yeah.
2: And that seems to be very much in the conversations we're having with people because you can almost see it in um, people's eyes. If you you can, you can almost sense the fact that they're just disillusioned by the buying process at yeah. this point, especially when you're doing one on one inspections. Um, where well, we've been trying to do as much as we can to give them that breathing space because it's not, You just don't get that right now, and they, you know you might have someone look. We've just come back after being unsuccessful for six to nine months, or yep. you know they're still like right at the tail end. They're just exhausted, and then like, oh. And we had all these check boxes, da 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 da, and then now it's like, well, they, we just got to throw them out of the water and go right. Well, um, what are some? What are two or three like deal breakers, and then that's enough, and then we have to buy.
1: I guess it's interesting because you spoke with uh, the buyer's agent just the other day when I was away. Mm. And what she was kind of saying is, you know, it's really advantageous to kind of have relationships with real estate agents and know when things are coming through. So she's kind of circumventing that um, idea of, "I oh, it's hit the market and go and put your hat in the ring and see how you go. It's kind of that idea of it's who you know and knowing. I guess it's the same as this database stuff that you guys mm. have here at 414 and I guess at other agencies, but the idea of like if something comes up and you know in your mind, oh, I've got a buyer for this, this yep. will fit them, I'll send it out to them before it hits the market. So kind of those off-market sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Advice for potential first-time buyers or people in the market out there is get onto a agent's database, reach out to a few agents if you have mm. to, just so that you've kind of got your foot in the door before the door's even opened. Is that well? I think, a good way um, of looking at
2: it? I know we did in a, um, sort of a, a brief episode before on the idea of buying off-market and how to do that. One thing that comes to mind very simply, though, it's about investing in a relationship as opposed to investing in your time looking for a house. And what I mean by that is that Angie is always in our ears or specific people's ears that might be actually. In the marketplace of a property you're looking, um, and to help pe- pe- people get a little bit perspective, is that where you know a p- property we just had in West Moon, there was sixty five inquiries from sixty five different individual people. Yeah. So we're dealing with nearly what at least five to a thousand five hundred to a thousand people every month. New pe- like new faces every month. Um, that's so- constant.
1: That's kind of that's life as a real estate agent for you guys?
2: Have, it'd have to be across that office, I assume. But, but I think w- why that's important, though, is – and where Angie's, uh, you know, making the point is that she's constantly in communication consistently. And so because she's memorable, so the – you know, every agency or individual agents is going to have – you know, going to be different, but – um, what she's hoping to achieve, though, is that she's always on the first on the call list of the you know the agent's mind when something happens. Is like oh, I'll call her first, call her first, call her first. So if you are looking to create those relationships, you know it's you're you know you're investing in the agent, brand, calling them, and going, Hey, how you doing? What's up? Is there anything new? Cool, no trouble. Um, and there's just like that constant repeti- repetitiveness, so that when something pops up, that agent's going to go, Oh yeah, I better call them first. So that's the idea. You're investing in relationships when you're um, trying to, um, get agents to call you back first.
1: All right, cool. So to take out of that, what, what I'm asking is Mm. spam you guys. Yes. If you want to buy a house, be in contact with real estate agents and don't be scared to be the guy that is constantly calling and being like, do you have a place? Do you have a place? Do you have a place? Mm.
2: What else you got to lose? Mm. The house. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. All right, wow.
1: cool. I just wanted to check on that. I just, I thought that's where we're getting at, but basically for all the people out there that are contacting me, I love talking to you and I'm happy to talk to you, Yep. but I'm the photo guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call my <laughs> agent friends. <laughs> but you see the house first.
2: Yes. 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 You're kind yeah, of yeah, get you a little
1: get secret inside. Mm. No, look, and I'm happy to, I'm happy to pass that along to the people, but it doesn't help them ultimately like i'm like are you interested in this one yep all right i'll pass you along to the agent oh we didn't know about this person there you go so i'm gonna keep handballing stuff along the line to you guys um keep reaching out property pod listeners um nan if you're in the market i know a few people there you go all right changing pace um one for me one for you one for pat got it where do we want to start start with you mate start with me yep all right. Uh, I got I got a, uh, a message from my brother who lives in Canada just uh, during the week. I sent it through to you guys early on, but uh, this one's right in my wheelhouse. Actually, it's probably in all of our wheelhouses in somewhat. And he was kind of saying, 414, pick up your uh, open home game. Mm-hmm. He said, coffees are good, but this is better. Yep. And what I'll do is I'll post a photo maybe through our, um, our socials or some way, but essentially the... Uh, story goes there's an open home in Maple Ridge Karate Center in uh, the sunny city of Vancouver. Karate Center, yeah. And Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtle movie number three will be coming to our free open home this Saturday. So come along and you get to meet Michelangelo. He's, the photo has him with his suit uh from the official movie now number three was the worst of the movies so it'd be yeah. really depressing if you yeah. turned up though and it's just the guy standing yeah. there oh yeah. Yeah. Suits long gone <laughs> <laughs> but i was in it <laughs> but how crazy is
2: that So this but said the karate center you got to open like a so open forum with the turtles there
1: yeah so look originally when he sent it through i said oh are they selling the karate school or mm. is it for a house and he said "Ah." Oh, I've had a misunderstanding and it's actually, you know, come along and learn karate and it's an open house for anyone Mm. that's not.
2: I wonder though, like what kind of people could you have in an open home that people would, you know, come and want to see?
1: Well, yeah, well, that's what I wondered. So when I said it to Pat, he's like, oh, are they selling a sewer or a pizza shop? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. That's where I win straight away (laughs) or a secret lair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, so I was like, oh, man, like that's really weird. Like how many real potential home buyers would you get if – they were only coming along to get a photo up with Michelangelo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> it
2: just, but the the, the, the the thing is too is it I like the idea that there's no context to it. You're just walking through the house and there's Wonder Woman standing there, get photos. Like <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> no different though. How many like. True buyers? Do you get that attend those block open homes that go for days? On oh, end? yeah, yeah. Well, so yep. that's what I, that's what I was like, thinking. Like, there's thousands of people that go through that.
1: So I did. I did some further research on. Yeah, that, that's just sticky baking.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like, if I'm buying one of those block houses, I'm not lining up for eight hours to get into have a look at it. No, it's yeah, true. You're no. Dave Hughes, and
1: you've already gone through, and you've already <laughs> sorted out. And you're in trouble with your wife. Yeah, you want me to do my using <laughs> <laughs> Pat had the look in his eyes. He's like, do, do, it, it, do, it, it, do it, it, do it, do it, do it, do <laughs> it, do it. Oh, sounds pretty good. Oh, I wish there was a Ninja Turtle here. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: so cool.
1: <laughs> it's like he's in the room, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: we could get him
1: on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him about how his blockhouse is. <laughs> um, Are you skilled enough to do both characters? Yeah,
2: what? Well oh, jeez, that'd we, be a we, fun We go, could do it. would be a super cut. That'd yeah. be a fun editing one.
1: That'd be fun. <laughs> it'd be like, um, who's the guy with the puppets? The um, oh, Strassman. Teddy, Strassman. Yeah? yeah, it'd be yeah. like that. <laughs> um, no, but so it, it's interesting though as an idea of, because I did go down a rabbit hole from him sending me that. and Obviously, you know, we're doing the coffees and stuff, which seems to be a, um, a good way of getting people in and getting people to mingle and stay a little bit longer and get a feel for the house. Mm. I found another one that happened in Sydney over the weekend where there was a sax man playing. Oh, beautiful! Um, <coughs> for at the auction. So once the auction was mm. over, he like busted out the sax man and it looked like in the video he was doing, you know, the wild sax man video from the
0: Eurovision. (laughs) You know the one I'm talking about? He was on that Jack Whitehall show I've been watching. Uh, (laughs)
1: That's
0: a good show. (laughs) He's very funny. Um, Yeah,
1: so that was at that one. And then I'd sent through to you also just the week before there was those people entertaining
2: Yeah, the the four girls. They were brilliant. Yeah,
1: yeah. So this one was a lockdown place in um, Victoria. Um, The aerobics girls. The aerobics girls, yeah. So they were going out in their street at a Certain time every day, they'd post on Facebook like this is going to be happening. They just had a different dance routine, I mean, a different dance routine yeah. that they were doing in their lycra, in their 80 gear, Absolutely and then that sh- that house actually was up for auction. So they were nervous that they were going to get kicked out because they wouldn't be able to afford to pay the rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I said, oh well, get them to dance while the auction's on, and then you, you're you never going to get rid of them. No, exactly right. So open home ideas. I want to put it out to you guys.
0: If there's anything that you can think that would be the ultimate of <sighs> ultimates, i really Disappointed because the 1980s Batmobile from the AFL Grand Final just went up for sale and it was sold recently. That would oh, be really? great. Rock up as an agent in that. Yeah. that <laughs> in. Well, oh, oh, that's a bit better than having oh. specific socks that people notice. Well,
2: I'm just thinking if you rocked up in the Scooby Doo wagon, would that oh. be like? Would that be good or creepy? I don't know. Like, creepy. Yeah, creepy. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you're trying to solve a mystery, and what's the sale price going to be? <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: There's a way of turning a creepy thing into a good there
2: thing. You go. <laughs> <Jinkies>.
0: <laughs> Let's move on to the next story. There's so many people. <laughs> All righty, from
1: from Dave Hughes, Michelangelo, and <laughs> David I'm going to move up. This one's right up your alley, John. All right, so. It's funny that you brought up gold as an investment before, because this one is kind of an investment. A uh, a UK gentleman uh, sells a 28 year old whiskey birthday present supply uh, to fund his very first home deposit. So essentially, what has happened since he was born, his dad had bought him a bottle of Macallan single malt whiskey as a Mm. birthday present, right from 1992. Every year he kept getting one. So there was 28 bottles um, of eighteen year old, wasn't Of it? eighteen year old, yep. yep or I believe that, yep You know more about whiskey than me. John's so a whiskey guy. John's the whiskey guy. That's why it's right up your alley. Um, you, not only is it whiskey, but it's a bizarre investment as well. That yeah, yeah. he's turned into something amazing. So. Uh, the dad spent around £5,000 on it, uh, which in the article says that equates to 9000 Australian mm. dollars in buying the whiskey. The collection uh, is now estimated to be worth £40,000, so yeah. uh, yep. $72,000, which he's then sold along the line and is able to... Has he sold
2: it? Well, what, uh, what happened was they... They, after the value, you look at the median house price in the area where he wants to buy and it's about 400,000 pounds, I think it said. So his whiskey collections ended up amassing to nearly a 10%. Of a house purchase, so if he can move it for the price that you know it's been effectively valued at, he's got a he's got his full deposit for his first home. Oh, um, because his dad was invest you know buying him eighteen year old McCallums for the last eighteen years.
0: I can one up on that. Mm. Abby and I have been watching this lady on TikTok we follow, mm. and she's trading from a paperclip up to a house. Oh, so did, she's
2: doing what that guy did years ago from a pen on eBay to a house or something. Yeah, like that, so he,
0: she's up to a Mini Cooper S at the moment. A Mini Cooper from S. a paperclip. Louise Louise. Well,
2: I, I remember that because there was a. God, that that same guy who did it on eBay all those years ago from a pen to a house. So she's 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 on keen a, to on see what
0: type of house she ends up with now. So <laughs> yeah, wouldn't matter what That's it is. Crazy. Though. I just like how do you
1: wrap your head around doing that? It's like oh yeah, I just keep keep hustling and well it's just that upselling isn't
2: it upcycling um, yeah. we're, what we're walking along we're talking about clothes And my friend she she does it she she funds her all, all her um, her clothes collection just by buying and selling so she's got all these really retro and nice clothes and expensive clothes but she doesn't um, what, how she does that is by um, going to different op shops figuring out what what people want and all that kind of stuff yeah, getting yeah. them and then then moving them on so she funds her whole collection just by upselling
1: it's nuts. So no. beautiful- well, it's amazing that this guy can turn. Um, whiskey whiskey yeah. into houses yeah
2: well I remember when I was look when I read that article after you said it was just thought well I think what was it the first thing I thought well I wouldn't regret buying a house but I've certainly regretted a few empty bottles in my lifetime um, <laughs> yeah so it's just that but with uh, when it, yeah. with that idea of whatever you're selling you know it, it just it just shifts in a mindset because um, we uh, cracked open a bottle of it was really lucky it was a gift it was a bottle of 1986 um, penfolds grange now those bottles are worth about 800 to a thousand bucks but right now at the time there was the advice to say, look, it's drink now. So they, I mean, those, those granges can last for decades, yep. uh, admittedly. But um, when it comes in you know, a wine's life cycle, there's always an ideal time to like to really capitalise on its taste. Otherwise, after that, it just becomes a collector's item. Um, and you know, if, if everyone's got a giant alcohol collection, well, it could be alcohol. He could flip it on its head, thinking, you know what? No, it's just a store. Uh, in the end, it's just a store of value. Um, and at the moment, his store of value of the Macallan bottles is worth about forty thousand pounds. If he trades it out for a house, he's got ten percent. Yeah, so.
1: it's kind of like what you were saying before with the bricks and mortar stuff. Like he's invested. Just in glass and
0: and liquid. That's it. On a side note, talking about wine, just want to get your opinion on this. As, yeah. So I went to Melbourne with John last year, and John had to transport a very expensive bottle of pinfolds for his dad to Melbourne for a a mate that yes. had bought it from him. John decides to check it into his bag underneath the plane and just Well, you didn't take it in carry-on. No. And that's what I was like. You should have seen it was it was wrapped up. Well, I was freaking out. I'm like, if this now, me, this bag's coming out west. In
2: grade one, we learned how to wrap up an egg and drop it from a roof so it doesn't crack.
0: <laughs> so I took those same lessons and the bottle didn't crack. <laughs> but for a very expensive bottle of yeah, wine. Yeah. Like, let alone the bag getting lost, let alone freaking breaking. I can't believe you didn't check it in. I got nothing, all right? I got nothing. Did
1: Did you carry on a backpack with you also with, like, your laptop and stuff in it? Yes. <laughs> How much?
2: I only had a, it was like a, it's like a business What's bag.
1: The, what would be the difference in value between the laptop and the bottle?
0: Oh, the laptop's probably worth about twice as much. What I don't understand was he was sitting in first class anyway, so they would have uh, looked after it for him. Yeah, yeah, they would have given it a seat probably. Yeah. They, 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 Cause they cause were with this. Pla- the only place they have those magazines where you advertise the property. Well, see, in, so by the yeah, time yeah, I was
2: finished, because I was getting fed pen faults the whole time anyway, like, I just didn't care about it at that point.
0: <laughs> just, anyway. Just lap another label. <laughs>
1: All right. So, John – how do you feel about the whiskey going out the door? Do you think that's uh, that's prime investment? You're happy with that?
2: Yeah. Well, if in the like you said, his dad said you never let her drink it anyway. So at this point, then well, if it's look, it's served a great purpose. It's been a great gift, and his dad um, effectively through investing that for his son has given him a, a gift worth what what's eight times its original purchase price. So that's a pretty good thing for them to share.
1: It's a good turnaround. Yeah. All right, so final question on this one. What do you guys have in your collection that is worth, that is either has sentimental value or
0: monetary value that you wouldn't move along or you would move along? I reckon I'm sitting in a gold mine. What are you sitting on? Hard rock cafe glasses from all around the world. Oh. i got like 40 insane. of them. Ooh. There, that's got to be a gold mine. it has got to be worth something. Look, I've got Melbourne when it used to have Melbourne. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's probably your collector's edition <laughs> stuff right there. I have no doubt I'm sitting on millions of dollars worth that's, of glasses. That's, that's a, so one day someone's going to really want that. <laughs> <laughs> I just need hard rock to go the way of Planet Hollywood and I am cruising. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got anything, Mac? No, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do not
2: have any. I've got a lot of books, uh, but a lot of them are read in tatters. Uh, and I've, aside from a couple of knickknacks, there's just nothing. And even on the nice bottles we've had you we know, I up just drinking them. What so. about
1: the gold that you purchased from your last unit?
2: Well, you don't. Yeah, that's. I used to hold. I used to hold that at my house, but it's supposed to be um, stored in a safer spot now. So um, it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, it was. Yeah. You know, I've, tra- I've traded it out. I've made a lot of mistakes in my lifetime. You know. <laughs>
1: So, so i have been I'm investing differently these days. <laughs> Not a lot of drama. Well, speaking of uh, of investing differently oh, and moving oh, forward. Oh, the only oh, thing I suppose
2: go. is, I mean, there is a custom kilt that's designed for me. So unless one day down the road there's a means that after I'm gone and goes, John McGregor wore this kilt, then maybe.
1: Okay. Yeah, for sure. That's or a, if somehow pants become outlawed, like it's one of those things where yeah. you can no longer wear pants yeah. and there's a world shortage on kilts. Yep. You might be onto something there. Yep. All right, looking forward to a future that may be where pants are illegal. Um, let's talk about the future of the globe, and this one is right up Pat's alley. See,
0: I'm nervous because I never got around to reading the show notes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I'm flying blind here.
0: Oh, really? You're on a winning award and then you uh <laughs> You just. <laughs>
1: what sit do you got me? So, uh, looking towards the future of our planet, making sure our future generations are being looked after. The REA Group have announced its commitment to become carbon neutral.
0: Ooh. Um,
1: yeah. So they've they've gone into the science based targets of the the goals with the paris agreement and stuff
0: well, we've got more money than god so they should be able to afford to do it yeah so
1: this is where i got mixed up i thought this was kind of like the overarching REIA a or whatever it's
0: called i missed the letter in real there. estate institute of australia yes oh. but this is actually realestate.com.au okay so, so rea is their share name okay so I've, hmm. I've i've blown it a
1: little bit in my research That's all right. um but that's what we're here for and we all Didn't read mistakes. the show notes
0: but i know what's going on <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyway, so their aim is to put REA and their customers in the best position to succeed in a low-carbon future. So they're, uh, they're trying to push forward, and I know that's something that you're really passionate about here at 414.
0: Yeah, I reckon it's really cool. I think we should be looking at options to reduce our carbon footprint, um, especially with new generations and the Mm. way the world is at the moment. So, no, it's definitely exciting to hear that they're looking into it. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess like one thing that you've been
1: really pushing forward here is kind of going kind of paperless in the office space and
0: trying to... um, Yes, one of the big things we're starting on is trying to minimise waste. So, be it paper, be it supplies that we use just to do our general job, so whatever we can move away from physical products is what we've started with. Yeah. We'd like to at some stage in the future move to a more carbon neutral car because obviously in our industry we use a lot of cars. Yeah. But um, at this stage, haven't really been happy with a lot of the options that are out there because I've read a lot of articles saying that the batteries that they put in cars – take more energy and more carbon to make than yeah. the actual savings from the petrol. So, uh-huh. so I think um, for us what we're trying to do is with cars especially is to try just be more cautious about our trips. So you're not mm. just doing a one-off trying to bulk – a couple of trips together so that yeah. we make it more efficient. Yeah, yeah. So we use software that maps out the best route to be able to do our inspections on us, you know, when we do our rental inspections, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the girls tell the software the properties that need to be done and it maps out the most efficient way to do that run yeah. so that it minimizes the amount of time the car's running. So,
2: and I, I think it's so important. I mean, what's more important to me is that you're building the discipline of trying to do something, you know, just trying to make a difference, like in a little subtle way. Dear friend of mine, Jennifer Labor, she's a a marine biologist and she was Um, she did a lot of educational stuff around schools and when people would, because she did the study effects on plastics and seabirds and when she'd go at the end of her talks and say what do I do she said well look unfortunately you can't do much, it's a reality but do what you can because it's just these small little disciplines that will mean a lot over time Um, even if you know, uh, like you said you're doing some research on cars, you're like well I don't want to buy that because in in trying to be carbon neutral they have to make this battery that ends up costing more than the life cycle of this other car that I could have bought so you can't win no matter what you do but I think so long as people are starting to think okay think a little bit differently and make little meaningful changes i think over the course of 10 20 30 years that it's going to make a huge difference especially with you know your kids being able to think very very differently than we ever
0: have yeah i think that's more as well Is for me my family it's not so much about obviously we want to make the world better for our kids as they grow up but we also Mm. just want them to think about it at an early age as well so my kids are right at that age where they start to think about everything and look at everything so Mm -hmm. i just want to try Educate them that we should be more cautious about what we're using and not waste resources. And and the thing is,
2: too, is that um, we quickly can get overwhelmed by the idea that we don't make a difference, but everything is within the individual. You know, it's just like you don't have to force um, other big things to change. You start with yourself, make those little small changes and you start to influence those people around you and eventually starts to make a meaningful impact.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. I guess it's that kind of um, paying it forward idea of, yeah, let's just start with the small stuff and yeah as pat says you know it started off with waste and then it turns into you know sustainably running cars and it's like oh well if we can't do it with what can we what can we do do? oh we'll look into this software that'll help us find this and yeah yeah no i think it's a um an honorable way of of looking forward and and stepping into the future and and Mm. kind of being let's ensure there is a future for well let's ensure there's future properties for people to yeah, and I, I guess
2: when it, when it, when large companies that um, can just you know, do have a lot of you know weight to pull around when they you know step up and go right, we're moving into this space. I think it's really encouraging.
0: It's a good marketing ploy at the moment too, Faria. Yeah, oh.
2: they could do with uh, all the. Um, uh, press they
0: could get. <laughs> no one's above my pay grade, boys, so uh, we might have to come back to yeah.
1: that one another time. We
0: might get Paul in next week to yeah,
1: comment. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll let you reach out to him. All right guys, thanks for uh, coming in. Thanks for hughie for showing up for that brief period. It's good to have him back. It was good to have him back, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh thanks for all the listeners out there to our award winning show. Which oh, yeah. gracious <laughs> I <either. laughs> uh, really appreciate all the support. <laughs> thanks guys. That's the property pod. Take care. See ya. You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited.
0: This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute,
2: should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations express or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this